When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of God, Goals, and Girl Talk. I pray that you guys have been enjoying this blessed and bossed up series with Tatum. Sis came through and was dropping some major gems for us. So this is our last week of the Blessed and Bossed Up series with Tatum. And it is so bittersweet because it's so good. I'm like, sis, we should talk some more. We need to do this again. Um, but this week we are diving into the some of the mistakes that new believers make that kind of hold us back in achieving that blessed and bossed up lifestyle. So if y'all haven't figured out by episodes one and two, y'all know that this is about to be fire. So sit back, get your notebook, get your pen, okay? take some notes and let's start the show. You are now tuned in to the God Goals and Girl Talk podcast, where we discuss living for the kingdom of God while living in the culture. I'm your host, Charlotte Walker. I'm a pediatric nurse practitioner, wife, daughter, sister, auntie, and friend. And I am on the journey of producing and fulfilling every purpose that God saw for me before the beginning of time. And I want you on this journey with me. Each week, we are going to discuss how to apply God's word to our everyday lives. Get ready for some word, some gems, and a few laughs along the way. Now let's start the show. So I have um, just a question. I just want to pick your brain. When you hear about or hear new believers, right? We have, um, you know, someone who's just getting saved. I've heard you talk about on your show, um, checking off the boxes on your Christian checklist. And I've been there. Um, it's, It's like, they're like, here, you like, come on, give your soul up to the Lord. And here's this checklist of what you think you should do. What have you found are the um, three biggest misconceptions um, that new believers may have about their relationship with God? And how does that kind of interfere with the authenticity of that relationship? Um, well, the biggest, well, I won't say misconceptions, but I, I'll say like the biggest ways we kind of mess ourselves up is one, having second half faith. So trying to produce results in our life based off of what our grandmother said or based off of what our favorite um, online pastor said, as opposed to truly building a relationship with God for ourselves. Um, one of the most powerful things that I've realized over the last couple of years is one, when my relationship started with God, when I told you I bought the books, I had my journals, that was just me and him. I couldn't find a place where somebody was teaching me the foundation. And so I had to figure it out the same way that if I didn't know how to put a bookshelf together, I would figure it out. Like I figured it out. Um, And then even the last couple of years, I haven't had a church home in a long time. And even with COVID churches are shut down and I have not, I don't believe that I've missed a beat spiritually because my foundation is me, my Bible and God. 
And so that's what it is. So if I'm not going somewhere every Sunday, that, that doesn't matter to me. I still have fellowship because I have people in my life who are believers and that I can talk to and things like that. But it's me, God, and my Bible. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit is my guide on a day-to-day. And so when I make decisions, I'm making Holy Spirit-led decisions. But that is that foundation is created by building a relationship and religion constricts but having a relationship with God frees you. And so I would tell people one is to make sure that you're building a one-on-one personal relationship with God. And the place to start with that is through his word. You get a good study Bible. I always recommend a life application study Bible can get on Amazon about 50 bucks. Um, But that Bible, I love it. And I use it to this day. Every time I'm trying to break something down, like at the beginning of of each, um, book it has the who what when why how the mega themes maps the, the script a map it has the scripture it also has the uh translation at the bottom just just making that scripture applicable to day-to-day life in today's times in the back is a concordance if it's a word that you don't know you can go back if it's a person in the bible it has like their profile with their weaknesses their mistakes their pivotal moments like it really makes it plain and so um that having a good study bible is the way that you do that and i mean it's reading comprehension like i was talking i was thinking today like you know reading the word is really just reading comprehension skills mm-hmm. and a lot of us need to sharpen those that's probably why we're not understanding the, the word when we read it um but a part of sharpening those comprehension skills with the with um the bible is getting you a good study bible so the first thing is do not rely on secondhand faith build a relationship with god for yourself and you start that by getting into his word and making sure you have the tools to be able to to fully understand his word. And that's through a good study Bible. Right. And when you be in these people's churches, if you, if you're going to go to church, don't just take that and be like, oh, okay, he said that at the end. No, you need to be taking them scriptures, getting Check. your study Bible and making sure that what is being said aligns with God's word. Like we, mm-hmm. we set ourselves up and leave ourselves vulnerable when we are just going off of somebody else's, like, this is what they said. No, what, what does God say? Maybe I can get some things to um, my own personal revelation in that. Like you said, when you were going to church and seeing the scriptures that stood out to you and even going back and studying those, like that is so critical, making sure that you, even the pastor child, you are studying what he's talking about and you're, you're, it should line up with God's word. If it's not, well, you got your answer. <laughs> and we have to ask ourselves sometimes, am I being educated or am I being entertained? Facts. Oh, that happened to me last year. And I had to, I had to switch a church. Yeah. Woo. Facts. That's a whole other conversation. Oh, that person snatched my edges. But did they get, bring you back to your father? Yes. Girl. Yes. Yes. Why so is good. the fruit of your life not matching up? So good. That's so good. That is so so good. that's a huge thing. Like when we are in these places, making sure that we are being educated and not just entertained. So many people get led astray because you're looking at entertainment value and not in my, and it's not to say that, you know, you shouldn't learn from people who are presenting the material in a way that's digestible to you. That's understandable. But if you spending so much time hooping and hollering and then when Wednesday come around, you don't know what to do because you studied to pass tests. So if you can't pass the test, something's off. Mm. And it's, and it's a, it can be a combination of everything that we've talked about, but something is off and it needs to be identified ASAP. Ooh, 
facts, facts, facts. Um, <clears throat> go ahead. I'm sorry. So the second thing I would say is make it a priority to put yourself in a place of praise and worship because there are a lot, I feel like a lot of times we do get into conversations about, um, even when making God the CEO, you know, we talk a lot about the fruit that's produced from that, um, the influence, the, the money, or all of the things that happen as a result, all the blessings. But we also have to make sure we stay in a place of gratitude, because if we keeping it real, God doesn't have to do anything else for us in order for us to praise and to worship him. You could spend a couple hours in the Old Testament and be like, whoa, <laughs> you know, and the Old Testament is the reason why I, I prioritize praise and worship. Cause I'm like, Lord, thank you. Like lots of wives turned around and sis turned into a pillar of salt. You know how many like, times mm. I did something God told me not to do. <laughs> mm. I'm glad I ain't know people done drop dead. Like he was ruthless. Girl, he opened up the earth when those people was talking about Moses and Exodus. They said, and a hole opened up. I said, oh, <laughs> oh, no. See, nah, that's the last time I listened to the Old Testament trying to fall asleep. Nope. <laughs> nope. Real. It's real back there, but the concept is the same. Like it's a life for a life. Yeah. And so that's why, you know, they had to make sacrifices and things of that nature. So it's uh, still a life for a life, but he sent Jesus so that we didn't have to. Right. So it was the final sacrifice. Right, right. And so that to me is like can always get me in check because. I, I wouldn't nowhere near being thought of like back then, right. but he loved me and he loved you so much that he saw that the his, his initial methodology wasn't working and he changed course for us. Like we have to keep ourselves in that yes. sense of praise and worship. And even looking at our own lives today, up until this point, what he's done for us, like we're in a pandemic still. Yep. And I found myself praying the other day. I was like, God, it's been a year in a pandemic and you have kept me and my family safe. I thank you. Yep. I had a baby in a pandemic. This episode of the God Goals and Girl Talk podcast is brought to you by the Producer Society. The Producer Society is an online membership group for women looking to draw closer to God, to develop godly community, and to produce everything that God has called her to. Members of the Producer Society receive early access to the God Goals and Girl Talk podcast episodes, monthly Bible studies, exclusive online events, and so much more. If you are ready to get connected with other women who are chasing after God and wanting to produce His purpose in their lives, then this community is for you. Visit www.producersociety.com to start your free 30-day trial today. Now let's get back to the show. And he kept us safe. I remember we were supposed to uh, go in December of 2019. We, we were supposed to go to London for BJ's birthday. And maybe back in the summer of that year, like I bought the tickets, everything. I was pressed. I'd never been to uh, Europe before. I was so excited. He has a cousin who lives there. So I arranged like all the details. BJ loves soccer. So we was going to go see his favorite soccer team. Like it was lit. Europe was about to be amazing. Come maybe like a week or two before the trip, everything in me said, do not go. 
And I was fighting with it because I'm like, no, we've been excited about this. Everything is paid for. Like, what? How about you know? I, I got my little wifey points for planning this trip. <laughs> How am I supposed to go back and be like, yeah, no, no, we're not going. It's all about that trip. <laughs> right, exactly. And I was like, nah, I'm tripping. I'm just scared. And I was pregnant at the time. I'm like, oh, maybe I'm just nervous because I'm pregnant. I don't want to catch a cold or something or whatever going into a new climate. And that's what I kind of chalked it up to like, oh, maybe I'm just scared or whatever, whatever. I didn't care. I just knew I was not comfortable going and everything in me said, don't go. We didn't go. We got our money back. Praise God for the tickets. And uh, we didn't pay for like lodging because we was going to stay with family. So I got my money back for the tickets. Um, I told his cousin that we weren't coming. A couple months later, coronavirus hits and it originated over there where we were going Mm -hmm. months before it came to the U.S. And we were getting ready to go to a soccer game with thousands of people. Like God was protecting us. And it just made me so grateful once again that he protects us from dangers seen and unseen. And again, so back to the second point is making sure that you are in a place of gratitude and of praise and worship. Keep his track record and remind yourself constantly of how good he is. Like the enemy loves to heighten our emotions to make us feel like God isn't here. He's not listening to you. He's not here answering your prayers. Such and such is doing things the world's way and you decided to do do it God's way and you're comparing yourself and you feel like God's way isn't working because you're not seeing the results somebody else is seeing. It's all of these lies. Mm-hmm. Good ones. Like, let's not fake like yeah, the enemy yeah, no, bad at his here. job. He is funny. good. Mm-hmm. He is good. And the enemy and his his uh minions and their devices are powerful. And so we have to make sure that one, we make we are in a place of, of, of praise and worship and gratitude because that reminds us of who God is, who is not the enemy's contemporary. The enemy is and has been defeated already. But we have to constantly remind ourselves of that so that we don't give in to the destructive behaviors or patterns or thought processes that's presented to us. And so gratitude just puts you in a place of remembering who God is, what he's brought you through, how much he loves you. And that's a place that's going to have you stay the course when you may be lacking clarity right now with whatever God has called you to. You may be getting frustrated because you feel like you're not hearing from him or you may be reading the Bible and it's not clicking. You know, whatever the frustrations may be in this time, put, putting yourself in a place of praise and worship and gratitude is what's going to keep you in that persevering state. Yeah, I was... um reading the story of the three Hebrew boys. I don't even remember. I think my my pastor may have talked about it. And I was like, let me go back and read this story. The most gangster thing that was ever said, they was like, God will save us from the fire. But even if he doesn't, we're still not bowing down to you. What? (laughs) (laughs) Even if he doesn't. So now, you know, I keep reminding myself, like, I need to have that even if he doesn't praise, like, even Mm -hmm. if God doesn't, even if he don't do nothing else for me, all the things that he's already done, I'm still not worthy of them. So, Mm -hmm. you know, having that, um, that space of contentment. And I think that culture tries to um, really counteract that, like, oh, go out and build your life and do, and you're, you know, try to almost like where, um, 
like we're entitled. It's like the sense of entitlement um, mm-hmm. and the sense of like, oh, I need I need agency. No. Did you pay for your own life? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like some of it is just that people don't like being told what to do. And we think that we know all the things and we don't because if you did, your life wouldn't be jacked up. So mm-hmm. I had to even for myself get into um, my own place where I'm like, okay, God, even if you don't, right? Like even when I talked about the house, I was like, even if we rent for the rest of forever, I'm good. And I meant that it was just like, okay, clearly, because I was so annoyed with myself for allowing myself to get fixated on this one thing. Um, that was like, look, we can rent till we 65. We have, we have a roof over our head and there are people sleeping in the streets. So mm-hmm. whatever that looks like, you know, if it don't line up with your will, I don't want it. And it was once I got to that posture of like, I don't even care. You know, either, that means I ain't got to move. I ain't moving. Um, you know, even when I got to that posture, uh, he then provided something that was exceeding my expectations. But even if he hadn't, honestly, even if we were still renting, God is still amazing. Like mm-hmm. it, 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 he's done too many things in my life for me to feel uh, other other than that. And he ain't have us out here about to get put in a fire. Like I just, I, we complain sometimes, but I'm like, I'm not out here getting put in a fire. He knew for me not to be uh, born a slave. I would not have lived. He, he, (laughs) that he was like, nah, you ain't ready. You ain't going to make it in this time. Like just, just the placement of my life. (laughs) Like, like, God, thank you. Because that was not for me. I would have, somebody would have, my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> was not made for that time. <laughs> like, thank you so much. Oh man, it's so good though. But no, that that was that's great to have that that posture of of praise. Hey sis, are you enjoying this week's show? I pray that you are. Make sure that you connect with us and you keep the conversation going. Follow us over on Instagram at God Goals and Girl Talk. Make sure that you subscribe to the show, you rate the podcast, and you leave us a review. And don't forget to share the show with your friends, your coworkers, your mom and them, all the people. Okay? Okay. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah. And then um, <clears throat> the last point, let me ask for three. So the last one I would say is to understand as you're building in those foundations of building your relationship with God, understand that we're in a battle, whether we actively participate or not. And um, we have the society. So we have like a community of people who are growing in their faith and their business. And I always see different things that people will post or bring up about like, oh, I feel like I'm under attack or I'm in a season of spiritual warfare. And what do I do? And I'm like, we're always in a season of warfare. You don't don't stop. (laughs) (laughs) You don't stop. me out, coach. (laughs) (laughs) But it just, it just revealed to me how we think that warfare is seasonal. It's not. The intensity may vary. Or the type of warfare may be different in various seasons, but it's always there. It's a day-to-day thing. That's why the Bible tells us to put on a full armor of God daily. And we have to be, when it comes to our prayer life, we have to pray offensive prayers. If we don't start praying until something happens, we're late to the war. And so um, one thing that I want people to understand is that you are in a war at all times for your life. It's a fight for your life at all times. There's a level of seriousness about that. And I feel like if we understand that level of seriousness, we will show up for the fight better prepared. Mm -hmm. 
if you knew that something, if you knew that you were going to fight, you got, let's talk about the natural. You got your sneakers on, you know what I mean? You got, you you got your hoops off, you know, earrings off. So ain't nobody ripping your earlobes. Back in the day, they would use like Vaseline or whatever. (laughs) Wait, I'm out here. But you go prepared to fight. But we have to have that same mindset every single day that I have the victory, of course, but I need, I'm enforcing it today because I don't got time. I have too much to do. My family is too important. My bloodline is too important. Yep. Me, in my assignment that God has created me for on this earth is too important to have to be a passive participant in a fight that I've already been set up to win. Yep. Yeah. And so I really want people to understand that. And I even, I'm writing this book. And so um, I was talking about strongholds in the book. And so uh, in 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 6, it says that we use God's mightiest weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning. This is the translation I'm reading. To dis- And destroy false arguments. So we destroy every power obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. And so in it, it just talks about in other translations, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Right. But when strongholds, though, when I was looking it up, I realized I was like, well, traditionally in faith based settings, I've always heard of strongholds in a sense of things that we have to pull down, like this scripture says, mm-hmm. or things that um, the enemy has created things in our bloodline, like strongholds have always taken a negative connotation based off of my understanding of them. And so as I was writing, I was like, I don't, but the Bible also says that he is our strong tower, that, that God is our place of refuge. So at what point do strongholds become negative? Like it was, it was weird to me. And it's kind of going back to when um, we're in certain church settings or places, like certain things become the norm or certain things become like the, the church culture. Mm-hmm. You have to always fact check certain things. And so for me kind of fact checking, why is my understanding of strongholds just negative? And so um, when I looked it up, like a stronghold is a war term and it basically means like a fortified place that is well protected against attack. And a, a definition I came across, it says that a stronghold is a place dominated or concentrated by a certain belief system. And so what I realized is that a stronghold can be fortified one of two ways. It can be fortified in God and his word, which is one, or human reasonings and world systems. And so um, one of them, so when when your stronghold is fortified in God's word, it generates freedom. When it's fortified in human reasoning in the world system, it creates bondage. And that's kind of where this scripture comes in and other connotations come from. But I was looking at scripture and scripture talks about uh, the Lord is a stronghold to the upright. It talks about how the Lord is a refuge and a stronghold for the oppressed. It says uh, he's a, a, a refuge for or a stronghold for the helpless. And so what I learned is that when it comes to this battle that we're in, we need to make God our stronghold. We need to create this fortified place because in, in battle, a, a stronghold is a fortified place, right? It's something that is strong. It's something that is immovable. It's something that takes work to pull down. That's why when it's on the, the negative side that you got to pray fast, get delivered in order to uproot strongholds, it's deep yep. and it's rooted. But when we are making sure that, or when we are being, um, 
proactive as opposed to reactive in this war that's always going on. We have to make sure that God is our stronghold. He's our strong tower. He is our refuge. And that goes into putting on the full armor of God every single day. And so I want people to take away from this last point is understanding that the war is happening whether we participate or not. So every day you need to make sure that you are rooted and fortified in God's word. Because that's going to prepare you and make sure that you're claiming the victory that's already yours. That's so good. And I, I tell people all the time, too, that sometimes they feel like, you know, once you start doing things God's, doing things God's way, you may even feel like that um, that warfare intensifies. And it's because beforehand, the enemy ain't had nothing to worry with you about, child. You was over there with a the little raggedy little boy doing all the stuff you ain't had no business doing. But now you have made a conscious decision and you are now um, directly opposing him, right? So you, you're you kind of off the bench now. And so, yeah, it intensifies. It ain't got nothing to do with, oh, God, I'm trying to do it your way now. And now, you know, now all these things are happening. It's like, no, nah, it, you're on the right track when that happens. That means that the enemy now um, sees you as a threat. And so now you need to make sure that you're on your face, that you're praying, fasting and spending time with God. So you know how to navigate these seasons because they continue to come. Like Mm -hmm. it's not something that ever stops because the war, you know, the war isn't over. So that is so, so, so good. I I was reading, um, I started reading the book, the rules of engagement by Cindy Trim. And that book just really breaks down how the enemy's camp, like the the sphere of darkness is organized. It's very organized. There are rankings, there are levels, there are various assignments. And so I think a, a huge mistake that we make is that we try to act like the enemy is just this little, I saw this match.com commercial that gets on my nerves. Girl, was like, I seen it. 2020. Yeah. So we paint the devil as this little, well, not necessarily little, but this creature with horns and a pitchfork, but he has a whole military force that is very powerful. That has rankings, that has tactics, that has a whole way of doing things, which ultimate mm-hmm. goal is to destroy us. So yeah. how are we going to, how are we showing up or not showing up to a fight that's so that's as organized as it is? Like we set ourselves up when we aren't reinforcing um, the weapons that God has given us. We set ourselves up and we spend so much time being in our feelings about what's going on, as opposed to expecting that this is what's happening. You think that we about to just be out here flourishing and it's not going to be any opposition. Of course it is. Yep. Of course it is, but we have to understand that we have to understand that that's what it is and be prepared to fight and claim the victory at all times. When I've like now I have a lot of things going on and I'm now entered into the space of being a mom. So now I'm directly influencing my lineage because I had a kid. Yep. Now. So that's a a whole level that I've a new level that I've walked into. So then on top of that, I have this Anchor Media, this media company. Media is one of the mountains of influence. Media writes the soundtrack to the world. Like media dictates what's popular. It dictates what's uh, what people consume. It dictates so much. So I'm entering into this space that is heavily influenced by demonic principalities whose mission is to spread fear and doom 
my mission is to spread the good news. So if I'm directly infiltrating one of the most important areas that the enemy uses to bring destruction on the earth. So that's another area that I'm playing into, right? I'm married. I come from a family of toxic relationships. So I'm now changing things on my bloodline as far as what a healthy household in a relationship looks like. Like I'm coming at the enemy from various points. You think I'm not about to have warfare? Come on now. Like I know, at this point, I know. Like it's and, and it intensifies. So, like, especially at the top of this year, it's intensified, even with like anchor media, not only through my podcast and my spreading the airwaves with good news, but I'm influencing so many other podcasts and so many other people with voices who felt small, but God is using to do big things through their platform, you included. Like, I'm a threat to him. Come on. And I know that. And so because of that, I can't go about my life in a lax manner. Like I have to wake up and understand that I have to claim and enforce my authority every single day. And when I first got saved, I didn't understand the magnitude of that because I didn't see myself the way that God sees me. And I guess this is an honorable honorable mention. The first thing that you should do when you really start to get saved and um, get to those basics is start to work on seeing yourself the way that God sees you because you wouldn't put up with a lot of things you put up with if you thought that you were fearfully and mon- wonderfully made or a royal priesthood and a chosen generation the way that he calls you. If you thought or saw yourself as an heir to a king you wouldn't move or act or accept the things that you do and so I think seeing yourself the way that God sees you is like a point number four but it's so 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 important now that I see myself the way that God sees me I understand spiritually what I'm engaging in like now I know oh I cannot play but when I first got saved I was playing because I didn't see that so I would definitely um, get somebody or or give somebody that advice is to start to to see yourself the way that God sees you and get that Christ like identity because that's going to give you a level of uh, it's going to make you not tolerate a lot of the things that you do. Come on, girl, this has been so good. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, child, like, oh, so good. Like this is so so good. Um, so we are going to put a pin in it right there. Tatum, we got to have you back on the show. Like, you know, I'm always down. Yes. Like we got to do this again because I got a whole nother, like there, I'm going to tell you, child, but, um, we are so grateful just for you spending some time with us here at Goggles and Girl Talk. And, um, yeah, y'all, I will talk to y'all next week. Okay. This like this helped me get my life. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, again, <laughs> just a reminder of it. So I just appreciate you coming on and sharing um, just, you know, a lot of your story and your testimony. Can you tell our listeners um, where they can connect with you, where they can find you on all the things? Yeah. So you guys can follow me on Instagram at Tatum Tamia, YouTube, Tatum Tamia, Facebook, Tatum Tamia, T-A-T-U-M-T-E-M-I-A. and that's where I'm at. Boom. There it is. All right, y'all. So I will talk to y'all next week.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.